Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded, so if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded, and no one's going to see it anyway, but here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5pm UK time, on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. And speaking of wizards... Now I've finished my degree and I've got a lot of free time on my hands, I think I might just sit down and have a read of my favourite wizard-based book franchise. Uh, oh. Has she really been saying that? Oh. Oh. Okay, you know what? Never mind, never mind. I'll read Percy Jackson instead. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman. And there goes Fletcher and Keto. That is bitter before that. Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar on Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. How are you? Are you okay? Are you good? Are you medium? Are you meh? I'd say somewhere between medium and meh for me. I've achieved very little this week. Genuinely, pretty much nothing. That is uh, week week two, I guess, of unemployment, loving life. Um, it's, it's, it's been so boring. I, I can't think of one interesting thing that I've really, really done this week. Nothing. So that's how life is treating me. And also, I'm not going to whinge about it, but I've got a headache. No, nobody likes headaches. So, yeah, medium to near in the interest of full transparency. That's how I'm feeling. I hope you are feeling somewhat better than I am and if not we can cheer each other up it's all good a busy one this afternoon topics to be discussed before five o'clock they include statues bubbles cookies houses and landlords all very important issues of the day that must be discussed before 5 p.m. I've also done an exclusive investigation you know every now and again I like to do a bit of original research There was the time I brought you the shocking news that songs are getting shorter. That was some exclusive original investigative journalism that we did on this show. I've done some more for you. I'll tell you what that is after 4pm. Plus, we've got a 60 second guide. Someone else will be a mystery Zoom caller on someone Zooming you. And it sounds like we've got a radio show. Stick around. It'll be fun. 
in the meantime, I have songs as well, including Avenue Beat, that amazing Gaga and Grande song, and next, AJ Tracy. First, though, let's do This Week I Learned. This Week I Learned. I have three lessons for you from my actual life. These are things I've learned this week, and I feel like I'm a bigger, better person because of it. I want to share that knowledge with you. The first thing I've learned this week is that things you write quite rapidly. Yeah, you might feel really proud of yourself. Probably not actually that good. I got a piece of work back this week, one of the last things I did for uni. 4,000 words. I wrote it in two days. Impressive, right? Or so I thought. And I got it back. And he was like, I mean, it's, it's all right. Uh, you've, you've made some quite sweeping generalizations here. A bit more reading would have been nice. You can have 58 out of 100. So, speed, yes. Quality, not so much. Who knew? I, I for one, am shocked. Lesson number two from the week. I've learned in week two of unemployment. When you have nothing to do, it is very, very easy to just not get up before 12pm. I haven't seen a morning all week. What even are they? I don't know. The afternoon are my domain for the time being, and I'm kind of fine with that. You know, th- there's not much to do, so why do you need more day to fill it with? Genius, I know. And finally, this one, this is some actual interesting knowledge that I was somewhat shocked by, although it might not be true. You know ciabatta, the, the Italian bread? Apparently it's a new invention. I know. I was as shocked by this as, as you, because I do remember eating ciabatta in the mid-noughties. Apparently, it is slightly older than that, but it's new. It happened, it was created, because the Italians were like, Oh, those French, they've got their own bread. Like, everybody thinks France baguettes, baguettes, France. We should get in on that bread-based action. And they basically decided they needed their own national bread that everyone will go, Ah, Italy. And so, at some point in the past, I don't know exactly when in the past, they invented ciabatta, that, you know, the kind of, like, hollow, quite fluffy bread, and that became an Italian thing. You can have it with soup or, I don't know, other things, probably. And I've just always thought, ah, yes, that that classic Italian bread, ciabatta. Wrong. It's new. It's an invention. It's fabricated. It has no history, it's merely a product of Italy trying to have a unique type of bread. Uh, This isn't completely verified. I haven't googled this, I just got told this and I'm repeating it to you verbatim. So, it could could be wrong, you know. If this comes up on, like, University Challenge, don't quote me and say, oh, Alec told me, it must be right. It's probably wrong, but if it is true, shocking, incredible fact. Shabbatta is a new invention, specifically so Italy could have a national bread. What have we learned then? You can write things fast, but they'll probably be rubbish. There's no point getting up before 12 when you have nothing to do. And ciabatta is a fabrication. A brand new invention. What? I know. Crazy. Coming up next, I've I've had a bit of a an over-friendly person texting me this week. More details after AJ Tracy and Mostak. Dinner guest. I'm looking for somewhere to live at the moment. Once again, it is that time of the year when your uni house ends and you you have to do something. You need somewhere to live. Now, I I could go back home, but I'm I'm jumping off a cliff edge here, metaphorically. I'm going to try and find somewhere to live, not in London, not at home, with no job, which is fun. Which means, landlords, you always have to deal with landlords. This is an unfortunate fact of life. 
and you know once you've been through it once you've done the uni thing you've met a few you've met the kind of you've sussed the good ones you've sussed the bad ones you kind of get the general idea you know you get the ones who when you get a mouse they're like sorry mate not our problem and you get the ones who when you get a mouse they're like oh my god we, we must deal with this immediately and so we're, me and a, a couple of other people some some new house friends who i may introduce you to at some point in the future if this all works out are looking at places to live and and you kind of have to call you look online and you look at the houses and you see the ones that don't look completely terrible and then you call up and you're like hey can i can i have a look at this house which is kind of weird during corona because you have to go around and they don't really come in with you or show you anything they just let you in and you have to walk around in your masks and stuff but it's still on and we had a couple of these on friday well i say a couple it didn't quite work out that way. We, we had the first one that we'd arranged where the guy shows up and goes, Ryan? And I was like, no, not Ryan. Alec. And he was like, but I'm here to do a viewing for a Ryan. Did you, did you call up just now and cancel? And I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, oh, I got told that Ryan was supposed to be doing a viewing, but then he called up and cancelled, which was kind of, confusing and strange so we sort of took the place of someone called ryan um but i don't think that amounts to identity fraud and i had looked around a, a flat and it was it was fine and i had an awkward chat with the guy outside because he was like oh my daughter just finished a history degree at least and i was like oh really where did she live and he didn't know and it just got a bit awkward so that was that was number one then there was a second viewing round the corner of a different flat and so off we go again and we wait we wait a, a few minutes and you know landlords generally they don't really run to normal time they're always late for stuff you kind of have to wait for a while you get to play a fun game of like guess what car they have it's always a fancy one and you know five minutes go by fair enough standard 10 minutes go by yeah classic landlord behavior 15 minutes go by okay maybe it's time to to give this person a call so i call them up and they answer the phone without even saying hello. They just go, oh, Alec, 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 Alec. Oh, I'm so sorry. And there was lots of, a lot of swearing. One one particular word that she just said quite a lot of times. Kept saying my name as well. It was just kind of Alec, sorry, and that, that other word. <laughs> that was sort of all the conversation consisted of. I say conversation. I didn't really say much. Just kind of got got swore at, not in like a, an angry way, just in like her, her knowing that she'd messed up kind of way. And she goes, "Hang on, just one minute, I'll call you back." And I was like, "Okay." And then about twenty seconds later, the phone rings again, and there she is again, going, "Oh, Alec, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I put it in my diary, but it wasn't the right diary, and it didn't notify me, and blah blah blah." So basically, she couldn't come, she couldn't make it because she forgot to put it in a calendar. I was like, "Okay, that's fine. Misunderstandings happen. Ha ha ha. Let's do it another time." Um, she she swore at me a bit more, and and we said our farewells, and rescheduled, and then um, got a, a very interesting WhatsApp message from her. Now I've I've got some weird messages from my landlords in the past. Do you remember the time they offered to give me a free massage? That was the thing. I, I can't remember why. I think it was just to de-stress. They were like, hey, pop into the office. We'll, we'll give you a free massage. And, I mean, that was just a strange time. Um, I never really took them up on the offer. 
yeah, here I found the message from the 5th of March. Feels like a million years ago. Pop into the office today for a free massage cake and cuppa. Take some time out for yourself. This wasn't quite up there on that level of, of weirdness, but it was really funny because it's just not what you expect from a landlord. Like, literally, as soon as the call ended, got this text saying, that's how I feel. So sorry. And <laughs> it was a gif. This this person, this, you know, like, professional, supposedly, well, supposed to be, like, scary, intimidating landlord had sent me a gif of SpongeBob SquarePants digging a hole in the sand and burying himself in it. And, and that, that's how she felt. And it was just so odd and so unexpected. Landlords are truly a different breed, I think. And this one has been just a little bit too too keen, I think. A bit over-friendly. But maybe we can use this to our advantage at a later date and try and get rent discounts. But we'll see. Very over-friendly. Coming up next, some Americans once again have been shocked at Britain what's new first nico b and who's that what's that it's very much the kind of thing your mum might say if you give her your phone to look at something who's that what's that from nico b it's at wizard radio i'm alec hello lady gaga avenue b and meek mill all on the next 15 minutes have you seen all those tweets in the last couple of days i don't know if this has stemmed from the the whole jk rowling twitter discourse or whether it's just a separate thing that's kind of happened at the same time. Loads of Americans right now seem to be really shocked about the fact that, like, schools in the UK actually split people into houses. And they're like, what? You mean it doesn't just happen in Hogwarts? It's a real thing as well. And they're, they're fully shook. Cannot believe it. I'm looking at loads of tweets now. She's like, wait, you really do this? Like Harry Potter? for real and and yeah they are shocked and i've seen lots of people tweeting about this in the last couple of days both confused americans and british people being like yep it's real and ours had weird names like there's one that were named after rivers that ran through staffordshire that that was one um small islands off the british coast loads of random not that interesting names at my school we had them but i feel like nobody actually knew what they were called it was always just abbreviated to the letter and the tie color so if you were red you were a if you were blue you were b if you were yellow you were z and if you were green you were w and i was green but i don't think many people actually knew what they actually stood for i can't remember but they did have a meaning they were named after something or other but they were just too complicated to remember and i mean i'm just enjoying the shock i'm enjoying seeing as well all the people talking about the random quite dull things that their houses were named after so let's entertain some americans this afternoon because they can all enjoy (laughs) what our houses are named after it's not as exciting as hogwarts i hate to hate to break it to you as we've previously proven you know, you can, you can have your Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. That's fun. But you can also have, you know, Rivers in Staffordshire. Or, I don't know, former Prime Ministers. Or towns in the northwest of England. You know, all sorts of things that could be house named after. I want to know what yours were named after. We can prove to the Americans that it's a lot less glamorous and exciting and posh than they think it is. And also, I feel like 
obviously the thing in Harry Potter is that every specific house you get sorted based on what your character is like. So each house has like a distinct personality. So Gryffindors, like, you know, the ones that always stand up for what they believe in. Slytherin are like the, the snaky ones. And Ravenclaw, what are Ravenclaw? I don't know. It's just nobody wants to be a Hufflepuff, basically. That seems to be the thing. And people, people can potentially base their entire personality around what Harry Potter house they are. Was it the same at like actual school where your houses had boring names? Did each house have a, a certain personality type that it just seemed to gravitate gravitate towards? All things I would like to know this afternoon. We can show Americans how we do things in the UK. Yes, we have houses. No, it's absolutely nothing like Hogwarts. So send me a text right now if you fancy it. 07807 183 538. That's my text number. You can email me as well. Station at wizardradio.co.uk or find me on socials just at wizardradio on basically all of them. You can slide into the DMs on there. What were your schoolhouses named after? And what was the sort of the stereotypical personality type generally associated with each one? What were you? Can I try and sort you? I could be like a sorting hat. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Don't tell me what you were. I'm going to sorting hat you into your quite mundanely named schoolhouses. So, on the text now, please. 07807 183 538. Thank you very much. We'll do some more of this in a bit after Avenue Beat and now. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Please consume responsibly. Avenue Beat and I don't really like your boyfriend on Wizard Radio before that Gargoran Grande. I'm Alec. This is Wizard Radio playing Meek Mill and Laney kind of soonish. I was talking about schoolhouses because on Twitter this week, loads of Americans have just been shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that we do actually divide people into houses at schools and they thought it was just a thing that happened in Hogwarts. But no, I suppose just to clear up a few misconceptions. Yes, we have houses. No, we don't have a talking hat to sort us into them. It's probably just a computer program in some office somewhere. But apart from that, yes, it's very much like Hogwarts. Absolutely. I feel like they don't, they don't actually mean that much either, do they? It's just it's just a convenient way of timetabling, I found. You know, there, there isn't anything that exciting about being in a house. It's not like Hogwarts where it determines your entire life path. But, you know, it's, it's fun enough. It's functional. And you can name it after some boring-ass local landmarks. Maya's been on. I always really hated our houses at my school. Our houses were Shakespeare, Tolkien, Dickens, and Rowling, named after the authors. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Get that one changed. Oh, she said, actually, I heard this week, though, there was a conversation about changing the Rowling one after her comments, but I don't think that's happening. Oh, shame. There weren't really any characteristics of each of them, but Shakespeare were always won sports day. They were always the sportiest, and Rowling was usually the most academic and did the best in debating challenges and stuff like that. You see... It, it determines your life path. You get put in Rolling House, all of a sudden you're getting involved in all the debating challenges on Twitter. All the Twitter arguments, you are right at the centre, just like the woman herself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Shakespeare sounds particularly sporty to me, but I guess if that was the thing, that was the thing. But I, don't, I wouldn't link Shakespeare in sport, but I wouldn't link any authors in sport, really, so I suppose someone has to win. Yeah, that's... That's a classic school, like, trying to inspire you with with the classic, like, oh, look at these great legendary authors. Yeah, very, very nice <laughs> house names in terms of being a house name. Now, Mark, I promised to sort you, like, the sorting hat. Now, where do I think 
my uh, wood fort. Well, I don't know much about Tolkien or Dickens, so I'll assume that Shakespeare and Rowling are like the Gryffindor and Slytherin of this situation. I'm going to say, because Maya listens to this show, I'm going to make a big leap here and say she's not that sporty because, I mean, I'm not, therefore, nobody is. That's how it works, right? So I'm going to say you can be in... Actually, would it have been an insult to put you in Rowling? You can be in Dickens because the name's funny. Congratulations. Well done. That's me being a sourcing hat. Stephen says, my primary school had houses, but secondary school didn't. I have no idea what they were named after, but they were Foxall, Mann, Lockington, and Howard. They sound posh. I'd never had any idea what they were based on, and we were never actually called them that. It was just green, yellow, blue, and a green, yellow, red, sorry, and sky blue. I always hated Howard because their colour was sky blue, whereas the rest of us just had one word for our colour. I was in red, which was the naughtiest group. We used to actively target and be attacked by... Uh, we used to actively target and attack sky blue. Literally due to the fact they have two words and we have one. It was warfare in the playground. Wow. You got really into the house divisions. You became very, like, militarised and... What's the word? I don't know. Just properly into it. Entrenched. Yeah, um, Sky Blue does sound like the most pretentious, I have to say. Um, but I feel like hating them because they get two words. That is that is some quite extreme jealousy, I won't lie. Possibly a bit, a bit much. Um, oh, what else do I have? I had something to say about Sky Blue. But I can't remember. But interesting. What what are the connections? What who is Foxall Man Lockington and Howard? Are these just random names? Who man? John Mann, the former MP. I feel like Lockington's quite distinct now. I'm going to Google this now. Who is Lockington? It's a it's a small village in civil parish in East Yorkshire. There we go. I don't think it was a famous person. Okay, that's quite mundane, but it sounds kind of posh. That's almost a bit Hogwartsy. And Stephen, I can't guess because he told me he was in red. The naughty ones that just bullied all the sky blue people all the time. Very Slytherin-y. Yasmin says, My secondary school has the Vikings, the Saxons, the Romans, and the Normans. And the colours are red, green, blue, and amber. Do you know how annoying that is? We got told off if we call it yellow and not amber. I'm not going to say which house I'm in, I'll let you guess. But Vikings are the best behaved. They're all like the advanced students who are in the top sets for everything, but somehow they're also really sporty. Although they're also really smart. That's annoying. Just good at everything. Saxons are just the most boring. There's nothing special about that. Romans are the naughty ones, and Normans are the cool crew, if that makes sense. Absolutely. When I'm looking at history, I think the Norman conquest of England was really the peak of our coolness as a nation. You know what I like about that? They're all people that have conquered Britain, which is a nice way of reminding us that we're kind of rubbish. So I'm here for that. Very here for that. Yasmin. Mm. Is Yasmin well-behaved and smart and good at everything? Is she boring? Is she badly behaved or is she cool? You know, I'm going to say, Yasmin, you can be a Norman. Normans are the cool crew, so congratulations. That is the house I put you in. I'll never know if I'm right, but that's what you get to be. Many congratulations. That is my official Alec Feldman sorting hat, house sorting. See, this is just like Hogwarts. If there are any American people listening right now, this is what it's like. Absolutely, 100% accurate, just like a... Hogwarts. Zoe has been on as well. Thank you for your message, Zoe. My school has Alan, Clark, Marsh, and Whitehead. 
who are they? I literally, again, these seem quite irrelevant. Are they like local rich people? I bet they are. My first secondary school didn't have school houses. My primary school didn't either, said Zoe. So when I joined my current secondary school, I was so confused about what it all meant because I'd never experienced a house system before. Nothing. It means nothing. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry, it, it doesn't. What do you think I'm in though? Here's a tip. My group is the one that's normally just normal and friendly, no behavioural issues, but not really smart. So just kind of the average ones. So if you went to Yasmin's school, I'm afraid to say you would be a Saxon, which she called the most boring. Um, which, who sounds boring? It's, it's going to be like Alan, isn't it? Alan sounds a bit boring. <laughs> you can be in the Alan house. That, again, is the official Wizard Radio sorting hat sorting. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying this. These are all quite irrelevant dull names, just like it's just like it should be. Unlike the excitement of how Americans view our school system, it's really not like that at all. We have shattered those illusions forever this afternoon. Coming up next, do you remember I used to live with someone who was a Geordie? I think she's a genius. I'll tell you why next after Meek Mill, this is other side of America. Powerful stuff from Meek Mill. That was other side of America. On Wizard Radio, I'm Alec. Do you remember back in the day? This is going back quite a while now. I used to live with someone. I always used to give you stories about my housemates. I used to live with a Geordie. I called her the Geordie because she was from the northeast of England, and that's what you call people from, people from Newcastle. They're Geordies. She was great, and I lived with her for a bit, and then she went to do a year abroad in America. And here's an interesting <laughs> bit about her life. Remember when lockdown was probably kicking in and everyone was like, quick, come back, everybody abroad, come back to the UK, you might not be able to get back in again. She stayed in America, so, I mean, good luck. But she's over there right now, and so I get to see her on her Snapchat stories all the time, her just having the time of her life. And I always thought when I lived with her, she was a genius, and she has done something that I think truly is genius, and I'm very impressed. And I needed to tell you about it right away. Um, you know, you know, sometimes when it's when it's really hot, and it, I don't know, you're you're in the car, and the car's really hot, and it's horrible. And someone might say something like, "Oh man, it's so you could you could cook an egg in it, you could fry an egg on the bonnet, or it doesn't even have to be a car. You could be like on the road. If the road's like, like, oh, you could fry an egg on the pavement. That's that's when you know it's really hot." I'm guessing it must be really hot over in the bit of America she's in at the moment. Because she actually put this to the test. And I'm just amazed. Because I've never thought to try this. And she has. And I respect that. She didn't do it with an egg though. She didn't try and like fry an egg on the pavement. She did bake some cookies though. She made, you know, the dough. And she shaped it into biscuits as you would. And you put it on the tray. Except, instead of putting it in the oven like you normally would, she actually put it in a hot car to see what would happen. Now, I love I love scientific experiments. You know how much I love science. You know, I put digestive... No, what were they? I put chocolate hobnobs in a microwave live on the radio in the name of science. So this is yet another scientific experiment that I am really happy to support and shed light on. So how did it go? She put her cookie dough in a in a hot car left it for a few hours what happened well judging by the snapchat stories that i saw it actually worked she was actually like able to 
bake cookies in a hot car without putting them in the oven. There was, you know, the first photo where they were all, you know, little balls. And then she posted another photo a few hours later where they'd actually like spread out like a cookie would as it bakes in the oven. And then there's a third photo where they look done, like properly actually cooked. And I messaged her being like, you're a genius because she's a genius. And I asked if she tried some and what they were like. And she said, yeah, she tried some and they were really nice. So there you go. This is a huge scientific breakthrough. The statement, wow, it's so hot in here that you could cook an egg or a biscuit in this case. It is actually true. It's factually and scientifically correct. You can bake cookies in a really hot car. It might take longer than it would in an oven, but it will still happen eventually. And you can eat them. And I think you'll be fine. Maybe I'll have to double check this in like a few hours time when America's awake again and I'll see if she's given herself food poisoning. But I think we can tentatively conclude that baking cookies in a car is possible. As usual, whenever I do science on the show, disclaimer, don't try this at home. But in theory, you can do it. And the Geordie who I used to live with, who now lives in America, did. So well done to her. Coming next, a mystery zoomer on someone zooming you. First, it's Laney and Good Guys on Wizard Radio. Someone's zooming you. Somebody's ringing the bell. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, one and all, to another exciting edition of Someone Zooming You, the only quiz on radio that uses the music from those adverts. You know, you know the one I mean, the, 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 the lottery, that one. This is Someone Zooming You. In a second, I think my, my Zoom hotline will start Zooming, and that is when I know there is a mystery Zoomer on the Zoom thing is, I'm not expecting a mystery Zoom. I don't know who it's going to be. I just know it's going to be. The only circumstance under which I will answer this Zoom call is if one of you can guess who it is that's Zooming me. I don't like talking to people unsolicited. So if nobody can guess, I will ignore that call and I will feel totally fine with it. But if someone can guess, then that is when we pick up. There are five questions that James Gilmore gets to ask me. I can answer yes or no. And those can give you the sort of the information you need to make an educated guess, and you can have a stab in the dark. So now all we all we need to do is sit back and relax. Zoom, and zoom, for zoom, the... zoom. Ah, zoom, zoom, right zoom, on zoom. cue. It's the zoom, zoom phone. Zoom, zoom. Someone is zooming zoom, me. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And zoom, who is it this zoom. week? Zoom, 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 zoom. I can see them. Let's let's turn that upside down just to, to silence it momentarily. I I now know the person zooming me. I. I might pick up, I might not. All depends if you can guess who it is. James, hello. Are you ready with the question? Hello. Nope. I'm as unprepared as ever. But um, I'll ask this question. We'd love to see it. Is this person a female? No, they are not. Okay. Is this person a famous person? Very. Oh. A very famous person. Um, is this person historical? Yes, they are. Historical. Are they political? Yes, they are. Okay. Um, my final question, because I think I know who it is. Is there a statue of this person? 
currently, yes. Okay. So, it's a famous historical political person that currently has a statue. Internet, do your finest. Currently, yes. Currently, there is a statue of this male famous historical political figure. Who do you think it is? I feel like this is a very low ball this week. So if you don't if you don't get this one, well then you clearly can't use Google. Who's zooming me? Have a guess. 07807 183 538 is where you can find me. You can tweet me as well. At WizRadio or send me an email. Station at wizardradio.co.uk. Who is on Zoom to me? They're not a female, which might mean they're a male, might not. They are very famous though. They're a historical figure. They're political, and they they currently, as of 3:58 on Saturday, the 16th of June. If you're listening to this on the podcast, this may have changed. Have a statue. <laughs> Who do you think it is? Send me a message now on 07807183538, and we'll find out just before five o'clock who is zooming me. And maybe even if someone could guess, I'll have a Zoom chat with them if that is at all possible. Get your best guesses in right now. This is an easy one. Come on, guys. On the way after four, I've done another exclusive investigation. I have more details for you next. And I'll play Seagulls and Surf Mesa. After the news, it's almost four o'clock. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Wizard Radio playing Seagulls, who are great. And do you really want to know before that? Surf Mesa and Emily with I Love You Baby. I still have for you my exclusive investigation. I just need to do a final bit of investigating just to polish off the investigation. No, we're, we're still following up a lead. So we'll bring that to you next. First, though, have you seen today the, the well, not today, this week, Boris, the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, MP, is, is changed um, lockdown policies again. So now, after not being allowed to like go to anyone's house or see anyone outside your household for months, we can now bubble. We're allowed into bubbles, is what they're calling it. And inside your bubble, you're allowed to have you, and then one other household. That's that. And you're allowed to you're allowed to basically do everything. You're allowed to go to their house. They're allowed to come to your house. You're allowed to go for walks together. You're allowed to sleep together if that's what you want to do bubbles are like it's like bringing more people inside your house to do the things that before you're only allowed to do in your house you're just making your house bigger you're expanding the circle in which you're allowed to exist which is very exciting especially if you've been living by yourself for a long time you can finally see other people again which is great but i am concerned that people who live by themselves might actually not end up in anybody's bubble and here's why the important information about this bubbling thing the two households that you're allowed to merge to put in your bubble they can be any size there are no size limits to the household you can put in your bubble so if i was smart and i was taking applications for people to join my bubble i wouldn't really be looking at anyone who was just a single person household because that's only one more person that would be in my life that was not before this policy was brought back in what i would do is look for the the biggest households possible because then you can maximize the number of new people that you're allowed to see for the first time in ages because your bubbles are allowed to be two households of any size any size that's the important bit here 
So I do feel for people living in, in you know, one or two person households because I think they'll be left out. They'll be kind of cast aside. Nobody will be interested because they want the bigger household. Or at least that's what I would do. If I was going to be smart about it, I would try and find the biggest household possible to put in my bubble just to maximise the number of people. If this is you, if you like the way I think, I have some suggestions for you. Okay. Because I like to help out. So if you want to, you know, suddenly widen the circle of people that you've been seeing. Oh, you've been seeing the same people for months. You're sick of them. You want as many new people as possible. All the socialising. Here are the households that I think you should have a go at merging with. Do you remember the TV show Bear in the Big Blue House? Because I think this is a potential option. There was obviously a bear. They lived in a big blue house. Inside this big blue house, you had the bear. You also had Bear Cub Ojo, a mouse called Tutter, a lemur called Trilo, otters called Pip and Pop, and a narrator called Shadow. They all live in Bear's big blue house. That is, you know, quite a large household. So I would recommend bubbling with Bear and the big blue house because then lots of people. I appreciate that that is actually fictional and so that might be quite difficult. I have an alternative. How about a household of eight people? All the socialising, all the friends, all the company. The only catch is that it would have to be Jacob Rees-Mogg's family. You know, you know that MP who thinks it's like the 1800s and he's really posh and actually quite nasty, I think, in my opinion. So you've, you've got him, Jacob Rees-Mogg, the Mogg Daddy. You've also got his wife, Helena Decher. Um, that, that is her actual name. <laughs> That's two, but then there are six kids as well that can join your bubble. You've, you've got... Are we ready? Alfred Wolfric Layson Pius, Thomas Wentworth Somerset Dunstan, Peter Theodore Alfege, Ansem Charles Fitzwilliam, Mary Ann Charlotte Emma, and Sixtus Dominic Bonyface Christopher. Those are Jacob Rees-Mogg and his wife and eight children. That is the six children, sorry. That's quite a large household. I've just got a message from producer James saying, Bonyface? Question mark. Yeah, that is the actual name. Or Boniface, maybe it's pronounced. I don't know. That's a large household you could bubble with. If that's still too small for you, may I recommend Britain's biggest family, uh, the woman who's got now 21 kids and counting. I think she was the one, I remember when she was on those, I think it was her, on the Channel 4 documentaries. That, I think back then it was 14 kids and wanting more, and then maybe 15. So there's been a few additions since then. 21, that's, that's a lot of people. Or the largest household I've been able to find, assuming these people all do live together there was a a rap collective back in the day called the so solid crew who did that song 21 seconds you, you know the one i got 21 seconds to go that one that's around about 30 people although it kind of depends how you count it's it's between 19 and 30 people so that is the biggest household i could find as long as they all live together i would recommend joining a bubble with the so solid crew and then you can see all the people again. It'll be like lockdown's over. It'll be great. So those are my tips to you. To maximise your bubble, just go with massive households like the So Solid crew. Or if you're you're really desperate, Jacob Rees-Mogg and his family. But who wants to do that? Right. This exclusive investigation. I promised it. And it is coming next after Gracie and Rule's Empty Love on Wizard Radio. Gracie and Rule with Empty Love on Wizard Radio. It's Alec. Hanging out till five. Hope you go this afternoon. Len and Stella is playing soon. 
I've done some research. I've done an investigation. My journalistic instincts, they've been a-tingling. Oh yes, um, previously on the show, my investigative skills brought you the shocking news that songs are getting shorter. We are getting less value for our money from our pop stars. That was a, a really shocking revelation that was uncovered by me on Wizard Radio. That hasn't really gained much traction. It's been, I reckon, probably a year or two since I did that. And so far, no one's picked up on it, which is disappointing. But, you know, I don't do journalists journalism for, for the credit. I just do it to shed light on, on, you know, injustices. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. And so I've done another piece of, of extensive research. I've been thinking, basically for the last nine years, about a song by Alexandra Stan called Mr. Saxo Beat. It's a simple song. It doesn't have many words. Most of the words are describing this this mysterious man known as Mr. Saxo Beat. These are the characteristics he is known to exhibit. You make me this, bring me up, bring me down, play sweet, make me move like a freak, Mr. Saxo Beat. So in case you missed that, because it's not very clear, she says, you make me dance, bring me up, bring me down, Play it sweet, make me move like a freak, Mr. Saxo Beat. So this is all we know about Mr. Saxo Beat. Uh, he makes her dance, he brings her up, he brings her down, he plays it sweet, and he makes her move like a freak. That is Mr. Saxo Beat. That's what he does. It's his thing. But as far as I'm aware, over the years, it's never been fully identified who Mr. Saxo Beat is. Today, that changes because I am going to uncover the identity of Mr. Saxo Beat, or at least point you in the right direction of people that I think might be suspects. Not suspects, I've done anything wrong. Just people that I think could be in the frame for being the subject of the song Mr. Saxo Beat, this mysterious Saxo Beat person. We don't even know a first name, we don't even know an initial. All we know is the surname, unless it's a fake surname, which is why I'm thinking it could be one of a number of people. So let's unpack this in more detail. We know that Mr. Saxo Beat makes her dance, brings her up, brings her down, plays it sweet, and makes her move like a freak. So if we take those things one by one, who could fit those criteria? First of all, you make me dance. Now, I've had I've had a couple of ideas. I think potentially it could be Tones and I. They did instruct someone to, to dance for me. So again, they could they could make me dance. Tones and I are very much in the frame at this stage. Or if we go back a bit further, I didn't know this is what they're called either. CNC Music Factory, aka the people responsible for this song. You heard them. That was a very clear instruction. Let's hear it again. What do they want? They want everybody to dance. Now, they quite clearly make me dance, as described in the hit song, Mr. Saxo Beat. One person that I can rule out at this stage, however, is Cascada, because she doesn't make people dance. In fact, she actively discourages dancing. As you can hear, the evidence suggests that Cascada stops people from dancing by instructing them to evacuate the dance floor. Thus, Cascada, we can conclusively say, is not Mr. Saxo Beat. Next, we move on. We've done the made me dance bit. Now, Mr. Saxo Beat is known to bring me up. 
Now, I, I, well, to bring me up, but also to bring me down. Now, I didn't, I didn't know who was known for those things until I suddenly remembered. It's got to be Prince Andrew, right? On that particular day that 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 um, uh, we now understand is the date, which is the tenth of March. Uh, I was at home. Uh, I was with the children. I'd taken Beatrice to uh, a Pizza Express in Woking. Now you might be wondering what the connection is between Prince Andrew talking about Pizza Express in Woking and Mr. Saxo Beat, who brings me up and brings me down. The answer, my friends, is obvious. Prince Andrew is the Duke of York, and we all know what the Grand Old Duke of York likes to do. Well, the Grand Old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. He marched them up to the top of the hill, and he marched them down again. He marks them up to the top of the hill, and he marks them down again. What does Mr. Saxo Beat do? He brings me up, and he brings me down. Prince Andrew could be Mr. Saxo Beat. I would not be surprised. Next, Mr. Saxo Beat plays it sweet. Now, now, what does that mean? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. But I think this, this again, brings two people that could fill this criteria. The first is Ava Max. She's sweet but psycho. Or she's singing about someone who is. So she might be Mr. Saxo Beat. Alternatively, Mr. Saxo Beat might be the Candyman. Who can take a sunrise? Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Are Mr. Saxo Beat and the Candyman the same person? I don't know, but I think it could be likely. And finally, the important criteria to be Mr. Saxo Beat, as well as making you dance, bringing you up, bringing you down, and playing it sweet, you need to make me move like a freak. That's what Mr. Saxo Beat does. There are three people, I think, potentially, who could make me move like a freak. The first, we have the Pussycat Dolls. Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Again, you know, they, they wish their girlfriend was a freak like me. Maybe, maybe that's that's Mr. Saxo Beat, potentially. Alternatively, if it's not the Pussycat Dolls, it might be Missy Elliott. There she can quite clearly be heard encouraging people to get their freak on, much like Mr. Saxo Beat, who makes people move like a freak. Coincidence? I think not. Or finally, another person that might make me move like a freak, just like Mr. Saxo Beat does. It's, um, it's, it's another level who, again, you won't know the name of, but you'll definitely, um, <clears throat> know, know this song. Freak me, baby. Come on. Come on. Freak me, baby. Now, I know they they also encourage people to, to be freaky, just like Mr. Saxo Beat, but I, I have not heard any reports of Mr. Saxo Beat um, asking to lick people up and down until they say stop. So I don't think another level are Mr. Saxo Beat. And we can only conclude, really, at this stage that... I mean, it's got to be Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew is quite obviously Mr. Saxo Beat. I'm glad that this exclusive investigation has revealed this fact. Not only was Prince Andrew friends with Jeffrey Epstein, 
he is also the identity of Mr. Saxo Beat. Original journalism. You only hear this on Wizard Radio. And now, it's not Prince Andrew slash Mr. Saxo Beat, but it is Lennon Stella and Charlie Puth with Summer Feelings. Wizard Radio with Lennon Stella, Charlie Puth. That was Summer Feelings. Alec here with Tiny Temper and the 1975 coming up. Have you seen what's going on in London at the moment? There seems to be basically fascists on the move, which is kind of scary. All all over some statues. It's a, basically a massive overreaction to what's happened in the last few weeks, or well, few days. It started out in Bristol when a statue of, I think his name's Edward Colston, who was a slave trader, was pulled out and thrown in like, it was epic. If you haven't seen the video, you need to because it was incredible. This guy, slave trader, he for some reason had a statue in Bristol. They ripped it down and happy days, problem solved. No more slave trader statues in Bristol. What a result. And that started a whole conversation about, you know, why, why do we idolize people who are quite clearly terrible people? Why are there statues all over the country of, of racists and slave owners and traders and just all these kind of nasty people that were rich enough in their time to have a big copper thing made of them in their hometown? And so a lot of discussion about what should be pulled down. I think in London, they've already taken down more statues of racisty, horrible people. And generally, it's started a, a whole wave of improvement of public spaces by getting rid of all these statues of people that really don't deserve them. Which means, with all these crappy statues going down, we can make the world a better place. It is time for new statues to take the place of the old ones. We still have the plinths. It's quite easy to, you know, just scratch the sign off and put something new on something much better someone that actually contributed something to the world someone something the possibilities really are endless if i was um a an investor at the moment if i had money to invest lol i would be investing money in in statue making companies because they're gonna have a great time over the next couple of years making loads of new statues of good people that actually deserve them to replace all the rubbish ones that are gonna get torn down yay so what, what should we put on all these empty plinths then? What are we going to replace the statues with? Any ideas? Has anyone got one? Do you deserve one? Does your mate deserve one? Is there anyone cool and famous and kind of underrated that really deserves a statue? Is there any huge cultural moment, a moment of great significance that should be immortalised in statue form? You know, maybe, maybe, um, oh, what's her name? Is it Jill? You know, the one from the one from Come Dine With Me that, that you got really angry at. Does she deserve a statue? Um, you know, what important cultural moments, good people, just all right people, people you know, people you don't know, things, objects, animals. Who should we put up statues of on all these plinths that are very soon going to be sitting empty just to improve the world, to make it a better place, to put statues of things that actually deserve to be put up? If you've got an idea, send it to me right now. I can't guarantee that we will put the statue up, but it's it's a great place to start the debate, don't you think? 07807 183 538. That is my text number. You can tweet me at WizRadio or you can email me station at wizardradio.co.uk. What are we going to replace all these statues of racists with? Any better ideas? If you've got some, send them my way. Thank you very much. Playing Tiny Temper next with a new song. And I've done some research into Tiny Temper because, you know, Tiny Temper, he's, he's been away for a while, a long time. Got to find out what he's been up to. Catch up ever since, 
whatever it was he lasted. So I've done some research. It's all it's all verified. I've got a lot of time on my hands, so I can now do even more in-depth research. This is my 60-second guide to Tiny Temper. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. Tiny Temper used to be the kid that no one cared about. And then he was the kid that everyone cared about. And then he was the kid that no one cared about again. And now he's the kid that some people care about because he's back. He lives a very, very, very wild lifestyle, traveling the length and breadth of the country to play gigs in illustrious places such as London, Manchester, and Southampton, but never Scunthorpe. He was invited to attend, though, by Brian Collinson, the mayor of Scunthorpe, in 2011, but he's yet to respond to the invitation. Tiny drives to all of these places in his Mercedes CLC compressor, just in case that don't impress her. He prefers this to a tour bus because it allows him to drive past the bus that he used to run for. He's famous very punctual as well, because he's never been late for a gig. That's because of his crazy dumb collection of G-Shock watches. He's really into his fashion as well. The number of clothes he has is actually so large, he has to store some at the home of his auntie. And that includes his £1,000 Monkler jacket that he wraps about here. And that's Tiny Temper in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Wizard Radio, that was the 1975. If you're too shy, let me know before that. Tiny Temper and Tion Wayne with Moncler. I'm Alec, and I'm playing you Eviary soon, and then Megan the Stallion. Someone zooming you is on the way. And at 5 o'clock, Mars Mikulski is on Wizard Radio. Let's get back to statues. We are discussing the important issue of statues, because loads of statues have been taken down or are about to be taken down because they're of terrible people that never deserved statues in the first place, you know, slave owners, slave traders, racists, you, you name it. They're probably dodgy and they have a statue, but not for much longer. A day of reckoning is coming for the statues, which will leave a lot of empty plinths. What do we do with them? We need to put new statues up. Statues that really reflect what we're proud of as a nation, reflect the true diversity of the nation, all of the people that have contributed it, but actual good things, things of value, things that have made the world a better place. And so I've taken the opportunity to open up this debate right now. What are we replacing the statues with? Taking suggestions. And Will, um, ever modest, has nominated himself, says, I think I deserve a statue. Do you know why? I've not done anything in my life. Nothing good, nothing bad. I feel like I represent the British population in that way, because the whole world thinks we're really accomplished and smart, but most of us can't even be bothered to get out of our pyjamas at the moment. So a statue of me would remind everyone of what it really means to be British, to be really confident without any just cause, because we can barely speak our own language and can't speak any others. I love the way you think. At first, I thought you were really bigging yourself up, but no, you're actually saying you're, you're bang average, you're boring, just like everyone else in this bang average boring country <laughs> therefore you deserve a statue because you are the true embodiment of britishness you know what i respect that i do i'm sure we can find you a nice little plinth somewhere or other maybe not like a you know a big one in like london but maybe i don't know bishop stortford i'm sure there's a little a little plinth somewhere that you could have a statue maybe like a in a park in a, in a memorial garden of a local park in Bishop Stortford in Hertfordshire, kind of near, um, is it Gatwick Airport or Stans? One of them, one of the airports. Th yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be great. I'm sure we can find room for you. There'll be a lot of, of empty space soon. Benny has been on. Hey, Benny. Thanks for, for messaging, as always. 
I think we should replace one of the statues with an upside down bottle. Okay. Why? Oh, okay. He says, to commemorate all of the incredible people who've been able to successfully flip a water bottle and make it land on its head in the first attempt. As more and more people do it, we could add names onto a plaque to make sure they aren't forgotten in history. Yes, Benny. These people are the true British heroes. They are the ones who really make us what we are. They inspire us on a daily basis. I, I only wish I could be that kind of person that can flip a water bottle and make it land on the cap on the first try. I, I'm kind of looking around me at the moment to see if there are any water bottles I can flip. There kind of there aren't. There's a there's a glass, but that would smash. And there is a bottle, but I don't think it would really balance. It's too big. I'll break stuff. But yes, um, that definitely is warranting of a statue. A lovely, a lovely bronze number, nice and sculpted, just perfectly balanced on the cap. I can see it now. Mm, beautiful. It's making me well up just thinking about it. Ilana has had a great idea. I think we should replace the statues with a mirror. I have a really good reason why. You know the UK is a really small country? Well, mirrors make a room look bigger, right? So, if we had loads of mirrors around the UK, then it would make the country look bigger than it actually is. And I think we could do with some of that confidence. That's the only reason people think the USA and Russia are so big. They have loads of mirrors. Um, I do love the idea, Alana. But I feel like I need to, to unpick a couple of things. Does the UK really need more confidence right now? I think perhaps no. I think we should possibly be a little bit less confident in our own abilities and greatness. I think that would that would make things a lot better. Although, interesting. I do like this conspiracy theory that America and Russia aren't actually big countries. They just make themselves look bigger with lots of mirrors. You're like a, a mirror truther. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, although, I mean, how do you explain the... The Google like Earth footage and the space footage of America and Russia actually looking big. Is it just a complex network of mirrors in space? Like satellite mirrors. Mirrors in the sky. Okay, you know what? I can get on board with this, yes. USA, Russia, tiny countries, lots of mirrors that make them look bigger than they actually are. Which is why, if you've ever been to Russia, which I haven't, but I've heard from people who have, you do occasionally just bump into stuff because it's a mirror and you don't realise. It's just like a giant fun house at a fun fair. Madness, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Genius, Ilana. And it also means, if there's lots of mirrors on statues, you can be like, wow, you can look in the mirror, look at the mirror statue and be like, the truly inspiring person is me. And give yourself a cheeky little wink and a, a smile and a thumbs up and go about your day feeling great about yourself. I love it. Great idea. And finally, a message from Annalise, who says, Remember when there was that cock in Trafalgar Square? You know what I mean. The blue cock that took the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square. Personally, I'm missing that cock. Whenever I go past Trafalgar Square, which isn't that often, but whenever I do, and it isn't there, I miss it. So I think we should find a permanent plinth in London to show off our big blue cock. Now I'll admit, I was shocked when I first read that message. I was shocked and offended. I thought, how could you send a message like that? And then I looked it up, and it is actually a big blue cock. It's a chicken, a, a giant chicken that was on the fourth plinth of Trafalgar Square. Big blue cock, she's not wrong. I think that's a great idea. Bring back the big blue cock. I, I have no issue with that. I'm a big fan of that idea. Thank you very much, Annalise. 
Coming next, we'll find out if anybody got the zooming person right on someone zooming you. First, EVR in Worst Enemy on Wizard Radio. Someone's zooming you. Somebody's ringing the bell. Host of this excellent game show. I, mean, I made it up, so I can't really say that. It, it's a game show. It passes the time. Someone, a mystery person, zoomed me just before four o'clock. I wasn't expecting them to call me, and the only circumstances under which I will I will pick up this zoom call is if one of you can guess who it is. We know today that they are not a female. They are very famous. They're a historical figure. They're a political figure, and I cannot stress this enough. At the moment, they have a statue. How much longer that will be the case for? I don't know. Let's let's rattle through these guesses because I need a wee, and so the sooner we get this done, the better. Not that I'm just you know not giving it the full attention it deserves, of course. Jess has had a guess on someone zooming you. Thank you for playing. Is Edward Colston zooming you? She wonders. He's a newly very famous person, but is historical and political. I know his statue is currently underwater. Lol. But it is still a statue of him, even though it's underwater. It doesn't make it any less of a statue. Just a heads up, though. If it is him, I'd suggest not picking up, because he's a pretty bad guy, so I hear. Yeah, he is a very bad guy. So are you saying a statue only ceases to become a statue when it's melted down? Oh my god, imagine, <laughs> imagine the day Edward Colston gets melted down and turns into, I don't know, some pennies. He's probably going to get shoved in a museum, isn't he? They're not going to melt him down. But that'd be kind of funny. It's not Edward Colston. You are incorrect. I see where you're coming from, though. That does fit the criteria. But you are wrong. Thank you for playing. Kyle says, is Ronaldo zooming you? A bit far off the mark. I did think this one was quite easy, but let's hear his logic. He's a very famous man who's going to go down in history. Now, I know people might not think he's political. He actually is. People are so opinionated on him, and he's broken so many records. I feel like the amount of tax he's probably paid, or not paid, depending on how he manages his money, would probably make him quite a political character. There's also currently a statue of him in Madeira Airport, although famously looks nothing like him. I do remember this terrible Ronaldo statue. I also remember his his questionable tax affairs. So this does make him a person who, again, sort of fits these criteria a bit loosely. But you're wrong. I'm sorry. It's not... Uh, Ronaldo. He is not on Zoom to me today. Maybe another time. Maybe another time. Or maybe his his rubbish looking statue will Zoom me. Jay thinks it's Sir Nicholas Soames. I have no idea who he is, but I've heard his name so much in the past 24 hours, and I just love his name. Nicholas Soames. Nicholas Soames. Nicholas Soames. It just rolls off the tongue. I hope it's him, so we can talk about his name. Oh, Jay. Jay, 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 Jay. Come on. Sir Nicholas Soames is slash was, but I think is a conservative MP. But more famously, perhaps, he's somebody's grandson. The person whose grandson he is, is the person that Sophia has guessed. Is Winston Churchill zooming you? His statue has been in the news today because people are apparently trying to graffiti it because he was pretty racist and sexist whilst he was alive. He didn't like the feminist movement, and although he was a good Prime Minister for protecting us against Nazi Germany, really going around the ins and outs of Churchill here. As a person, I don't think people like or liked him, but he's not female. He's very famous, historical, political, and there is currently a statue of him. You are, Sophia, correct. Winston Churchill 
or Winston Churchill's statue, I'm not sure, is zooming me right now on Wizard Radio. You are correct. Jay, you are so close. You got his grandson or nephew, but not him. However, Alec, unfortunately, Alec. yes. Oh, I, I think you got the hint, but I'm so yeah. sure I know he's an icon, but we just don't have time for Winston this week. I know, I know. It's oh, okay. Sorry, I, I don't know what I'd ask him anyway, so oh, we'll, we'll, fair, fair we'll shelve Winston. Yeah, but sorry. well done, Sophia, for guessing correctly. That is the end of Someone Zooming You for this week, and that is the end of the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat again next Saturday at 3. Don't forget the week the mixtape as well, and the podcast. All of those are where you can get me in your ears, if that's something you're into. Miles is up next, after Megan The Stallion and Beyonce. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Bye.